The following program was made possible by the generosity of those who have determined to hold fast to the true Roman Catholic religion, as expounded by the Roman Catholic Church before the disasters of Vatican II and the so-called New Mass. Hello, welcome to What Catholics Believe. This is a special edition, again. There is something that was said recently by Francis that absolutely demands a response, however brief. I uh, think it is necessary to say something about what is clearly a blasphemy. And that has to do with uh, Francis's signing the agreement with the Communist Party of China, uh, making the, uh, the official Catholic religion, but the communist Catholic religion, as if there could possibly be such a thing, that is the Chinese Patriotic Catholic Association to be the official Catholic religion of China and uh, actually allowing the Chinese Communist Party to have a controlling power as to who will be a quote-unquote Catholic bishop over the souls in China. Now, um, you know, Francis said that regard, with regard to the accusations, the charges of Archbishop Vigano, he would not say one word. And yet, hardly a day has gone by that he has not commented on this. And as a matter of fact, uh, he's been bolder and bolder in accusing those who accuse him of being in league with the devil. Essentially, he's saying that um, the accusers are the bad guys. The accusers are doing the work of the devil. In the past, Francis has said that traditional Catholics are doing the work of the devil, possibly even in league with the devil and have a, a diabolical spirit about them. Now Francis has gone so far as to say that anybody who opposes him, essentially anyone who accuses him in this abuse crisis, is of the devil and doing the work of the devil. He calls the devil the great accuser, and basically applies that word broadly to anybody who would accuse him, and in particular, he's pretty much leveled that in the direction of Archbishop uh, Carla Maria Vigano. <clears throat> now, Francis recently even joked that he was the devil. He referred to the one he calls Saint John Paul II, and then referred to himself, not as a saint, but as a devil. And evidently he was joking about that, but more about that later. Uh, I think it's very important to look at this approval he's given for the Communist Party of China to have a controlling say in who is going to be a, a quote-unquote Catholic bishop in China. <clears throat> We have, uh, actually again from LifeSite News, report, Pope says he received a sign from God through the Chinese bishops after the Vigano testimony. Francis himself, again, the man who would not say a single word about this, is even tying his signing of the document you know, to be in league with the Communist Party of China. He's tying that, signing the, do the document, to the Vigano statement. So again, Again, he cannot stop relating that to not only what he's thinking, but what he's doing, too. This article, written by Diane Bontagna, uh, is very interesting. 
Um, and I'm going to pick up in the middle of the article. And these are, this uh, quotes the words of Francis in this recent interview he gave. This refers to now his agreement with the Communist Chinese. This is how the process went, Francis says. Two steps forward, one back. Two steps forward, one back. Then months went by without speaking to each other. And then, these are the times of God that resemble Chinese time. Slowly, this is wisdom, the wisdom of the Chinese. The situations of the bishops who were in difficulty were studied case by case. And at the end, the dossiers arrived on my desks and I was responsible for the signature in the case of the bishops. He's talking about those communist Chinese bishops who heretofore had been excommunicated, regarded schismatics. They were basically uh, functionaries of the Communist Party. He said these were the dossiers that arrived on his desk. Remember the dossiers about Cardinal McCarrick and, and others uh, who were accused of all of the sexual abuse? The dossiers have been in his hands for how long? But the dossiers of these uh, schismatic communist-appointed bishops appear on his desk and he acts on them. I was responsible, he says, for the signature in the case of the bishops. As to the agreement, the drafts passed by my desk. There was talk. I gave my ideas. The others discussed and they went forward. I think of the resistance of the Catholics who have suffered. It's true, they will suffer. There is always suffering in an agreement, but they have great faith and right. They send messages affirming that what the Holy See, what Peter says, is what Jesus says, that is, the martyr faith of these people today, continues on. They are great, he says. Even he praises them, even while he is selling them out and selling their faith out and selling them into the hands of the communist Chinese. He talks about these lambs, if you can refer to them that way, <laughs> would-be lambs, being led to the slaughter, basically, by him. He's given the order. And yet he's talking about how, how wonderful they are, how thoughtful they are. You see, accuse Francis of wrongdoing and you're the devil. Do what he says, even if it's a matter of putting your head on the chopping block and you're his hero. And it's all about Francis. Whether you're for him or against him, it's all about Francis. And I signed the agreement, he says. This plenipotentiary letters, the plenipotentiary letters to sign that agreement. I am responsible. The others who I have appointed have worked for more than 10 years. It's not an improvisation. It's a journey, a real journey. So Francis is saying that this all came about over a long period of time. It wasn't something rash. It wasn't something improvised. It was something over a long period of time. So he's been working on this for a good while. <clears throat> so has the Secretary of State, Pyroline, and a couple of others who've been working with the Communist Chinese during this time. Francis named them in his statement. And uh, he goes on, and then a simple anecdote, and this is very important, because here's where he brings God into this and attributes this action that he's taken to God, inspiring him. And then a simple anecdote and a historical fact, two things before ending. When there was that famous statement by a former apostolic nuncio, a reference to the testimony of Archbishop Carlo 
Maria Vigano. That's an aside within the text. The Episcopates of the world wrote to me saying that they felt close, that they were praying for me. The Chinese faithful wrote, and the signature on the letter was that of the bishop, so to speak, of the, this is interesting, he used the word, of the traditional Catholic Church. That's how he refers to the ones he's selling out in China right now. And the bishop of the patriotic church, the, the Chinese communist bishop. Together, he said, both of them and the faithful of both churches. For me, this was a sign from God. Think about what he's saying here. <clears throat> he's saying that the signatures of both the bishops of the Novus Ordo, unfortunately, but those nonetheless who have some allegiance to the Holy See, so they intend, and the bishops representing the Communist Party signed together. And Francis took that as a sign from God. I don't know what God he's talking about. The God of the Communist Chinese? Or the God of the Novus Ordo? I don't know what he, which one he's referring to here. Maybe they're the same in his mind. But any Catholic, any Catholic Pope, any Catholic Bishop, any Catholic Priest, any Catholic layperson, if he saw that the Communist Party functionaries uh, who had been claiming all this time to be the true Catholic Church of China because they had the Patriotic Church appointed by the Communist Chinese, any Catholic would see that as a warning sign, not from heaven, but from hell, that this is the wrong way to go. Anything that would bring these things together would clearly be a sign there's something very wrong about this, but not Francis. Francis would not see that as a warning. He sees that as an endorsement of what he's doing. The fact that the Communist Chinese are behind him in this, supporting him in this, in this whole situation he's created, and the situation he has fostered and promoted uh, in, in terms of uh, covering up and freeing up, as it were, the sexual abuse of his own seminarians and his own seminaries, and the young children in his own families going to his own churches. The fact that the communist bishops of China, the, the flunkies of the communist Chinese uh, party, or the Chinese Communist Party, perhaps I should say, the fact that they are endorsing him and supporting him in his position should have been a serious warning to him that he's on the wrong track. Not, not with Francis, though. He takes it as an endorsement. But you and I have to see this not as an endorsement from heaven. This is an endorsement from hell. And what is wrong with this man that he can't see that? He goes on, actually. He said there were two things. Two things, anecdotes, that he thinks are significant that helped move him forward to arriving at this agreement with the Chinese Communist Party. The second thing he says, we forget that in Latin America, thanks be to God, this has passed, we forget that for 350 years, the kings of Portugal and Spain were the ones who appointed bishops. And the Pope only gave jurisdiction. We forget the case of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Maria Theresa got tired of signing the appointments of bishops and gave jurisdiction to the Vatican. Other eras, thank God, that are not repeated. But the present case is not for the appointment. It is a dialogue on possible candidates. The thing is done in dialogue. But the nomination is from Rome. The nomination is by the Pope. This is clear. 
And let us pray for the sufferings of some who don't understand who, or who have many years of clandestinity behind them. What's he talking about here? The sufferings of those who don't understand, like the Chinese Catholics who've tried to be faithful all these years, or who have many years of clandestinity behind them, many years of being hidden behind them. In other words, trying to practice what they consider their Catholic faith underground, uh, hidden away from the, 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 the savagery of the Communist Party, the persecution. Let us pray for them. They don't understand, or they have many years of clandestinity behind them. Now there's a euphemism for you. But it's not a good word. It's a very evil word. But let's take a look at Francis's uh, statement here. He's trying to justify giving power to determine who the Catholic, so-called Catholic bishops, the Novus Ordo bishops of China are going to be. He's trying to justify giving power to the communist Chinese to decide that, the members of the Chinese Communist Party, actually giving that power to, what's his name, Xi Jing, the man who just basically uh, took power for life. He's a dictator. He, he, he's even gone beyond Mao Zedong in, in, uh, in Mao's lust for power and lust for control. But this man can back up his, his thirst for power and control because he has the technology to watch every single communist, every single Chinese person, every single one of them, to monitor every single one, to control the lives of every single one, to even determine whether they're good citizens or not, and whether they're allowed to travel anywhere. This is the power this man has. This is the man to whom Francis is giving this power. He's not a friend of Christ. He's not a spokesman for Almighty God, not the true God in any case. Now, Francis is trying to justify giving this power by looking at the past history of the church. He brings up the examples of the kings of Portugal and Spain. He says, they're the ones who appointed the bishops. That's a lie. Did they have say in it? Yes. Did they perhaps even have veto power? Yes, they did, for fear that they could have someone appointed who was an, uh, an enemy of theirs, personally. But did they actually appoint the bishops outright? And then the Pope only ratified their selections? My dear people, this is exactly the lay investiture struggle the Church endured, endured for hundreds of years. I mean, Hildebrand, Gregory VII, back in the, the ten hundreds, back in the 11th century, fought this battle to the death. He died in exile. His dying words were, in exile, I have loved justice and hated iniquity, and therefore I die in exile. In other words, the emperor hounded him into exile, and that is where the man died. That is where the pope died. He had been an advisor to five popes before him, before becoming pope himself, in the year 1087 or so. And this man, Pope Gregory VII, st stood in the breach and refused to allow the emperors and their minions, their, their warrior supporters, their nobles, to decide who the bishops would be as agents of the secular power, agents of the world. And of course, there was a great deal of corruption among the clergy in those days, because the higher clergy, the bishops of dioceses, the abbots of monasteries, chosen not for their love of God, but often for their love of their king or their prince, whom they supported, and would actually funny, funnel money from the church into the coffers and the treasuries of the kings so they could wage wars. These were warlords. That's why they were chosen. They were loyal to the king, loyal to the prince. 
And the popes had resisted this mightily. Till finally, Pope Gregory VII died in exile, and it all seemed to be lost, but actually his sacrificial death turned the tide. This, look it up, the lay investiture struggle of the church. Francis is saying that, oh, this was normal back then, this is just the way it was done. Thank goodness those times are over, but for so many years, it's as though the, the church acquiesced. He's basically saying, well, the church acquiesced to this and accepted the situation as normal. Tell it about Gregory VII, Francis. No, the church never accepted this as normal. And it was never the way Francis portrays it here in his attempt to justify what he's just done. We forget the case of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Maria Theresa got tired of signing the appointments of bishops. What a silly thing to say. And so she gave the jurisdiction to the Vatican. I'm sorry, the Pope wasn't residing in the Vatican at the time. Francis should know that. In any case, Maria Theresa gave that jurisdiction to the bishops. That's absurd. It has nothing to do with Catholic history. He's trying to cite these examples to somehow justify what he has just done. But, I mean, even if what he said is true, I mean, even if the kings of Portugal and Spain were the ones who appointed bishops, which is not true, but these were Catholic kings. These were Catholic princes here. They at least had the faith. They were members of the church. Maria Theresa was a Catholic monarch. We're not talking about a Catholic monarch here that Francis has handed the power of naming bishops to. We're talking about godless, atheistic tyrants who have only a hatred for Christ, a hatred for God, and a lust for the death of the Catholic Church and souls, the condemnation of souls. These are the ones he's dealing with. These are the ones he's giving this power to. Please do not be deceived by anything this man says. Another thing that is very disturbing about this statement, he says that, well, we're going to have a dialogue now with the, well, really, with the Communist Party of China in determining who these, his bishops should be. He's okay for that. with that. You see, the Communist Chinese Party, or the Chinese Communist Party, has come out and said, we're on the road to socialism. We're still on that road. Could that be why Francis is so willing to deal with them and so willing to let them have a say in who these bishops are going to be? Because that's exactly what Francis wants. He's the one who went over to uh, South America and spoke in favor of Chavez and Maduro. And you see what's happening in Venezuela right now. He's spoken in, in favor of all of the socialists over there. He's spoken in, 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 in favor of Lulu, right, uh, who is now in jail, but he's actually almost endorsed him in the Vatican even though the man can't even run for the, to be the, uh, the head of the government of Venezuela, of uh, his, his government now. Nonetheless, Francis spoke from there and actually spoke favorably about him. And uh, we have to see in this move with China that Francis sees no problem. As long as they're moving towards socialism, Francis is his own hand-picked man to, to uh, be the, uh, the secretary of the agency about the, the social doctrine of the church, this man, I think his name is Sarandon, if I'm not mistaken, has come out and said that in communist China, we find the greatest fulfillment of the church's desire for her social doctrine. The greatest example of the application of social doctrine to the Catholic Church is communist China, this man says. Can we hesitate in believing that this is what's exactly what Francis thinks? This is why Francis has put this man in charge, even though what he said is so absolutely outrageous. So, 
it, we have to understand that Francis is a socialist, he endorses socialists, and he wants a socialist world. And as long as the communist Chinese are working towards socialism, as they insist they are doing, they are not going to find opposition in Francis. They're going to find a reason for him to endorse them and work with them, not oppose them and to condemn what they're doing, quite the contrary. But when he says that we're not giving the power to them to determine who the bishops are going to be, we're going to be dialoguing with them. The Vatican is going to make the nomination of these bishops. We say, well, well this harkens back to something that took place back in the 1980s when Archbishop Lefebvre was permitted to make nominations for bishops. And the Vatican, the modernists, were going to choose from them. The Archbishop saw that this was wrong. He, gave, he saw that this was a trap, and he rejected it. He tore it up, because he saw they weren't dealing in good faith. Well, no more than you can trust modernists can you trust the Communist Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party, to do what is in the interest of souls, of, of the Church, of God, of Catholics. It's impossible. And to think that uh, Bishop Fillet has been working toward this idea of working some kind of a deal out where nominations can be made for bishops, and they're going to have to mutually agree what bishops the Society of St. Pius X can have, to think this is on the table there while Francis is doing this with the Communist Chinese and saying he's going to be able to nominate bishops, but they're going to ultimately be able to decide to accept them or not. What kind of a game is being played here? It's a very evil game. But that Francis says that this was the work of God, that this endorsement of his position in the sexual abuse crisis. And he takes that as, as some kind of sign from God that he's on the right track. This is, this is outrageous. This is Francis the blasphemer talking here. Truly, Francis the blasphemer. I don't know what his notion of God is, but it's not mine. This is why it's so impossible. When one comes to the part of the canon of the Mass, where it says we're offering the Mass, this is the true, the traditional Mass, in union with all of the Orthodox and true teachers of the Catholic Church, how can one name Francis? How can one in conscience name Francis as the chief among those who are teaching the, the true Catholic faith? Inconceivable. It's a lie. Well, that is unless you're a modernist like Francis. But for anybody who still has the Catholic faith, and stands at an altar, not a table, and offers a mass, not a meal. It's impossible to say that, honestly. It's telling a bald-faced lie, even as you're about to consecrate the Blessed Sacrament. It's telling a bald-faced lie as you're standing there facing our Lord at the tabernacle. Inconceivable. You know, Francis recently said, I am the devil. He said that. Maybe he was joking. There are some conservative Novus Ordo websites that have been denaming, de demanding the resignation of Francis, on and on and on about the resignation of Francis, the resignation of the, the bishops he's appointed for the Novus Ordo, the resignation of the nine men 
eight of them cardinals, who, as I said, he's named to help him govern the Nova Soto Church, most of whom are implicated themselves in the sexual abuse crisis. And have all expressed their solidarity with Francis in his position, just as the communist Chinese have. But you know, devils don't resign. Devils do not resign. You have to exercise devils. Devils must be exercised. That's what we're dealing with here. Please pray for the dear people of China. Christ paid a great price for their souls too. Pray that they will see now that they've been led, led down the primrose path here by the Novus Ordo and that this is God's way of retrieving them for the true faith. May God bless you.